Okay, hello everybody, this is uh, John Sanders, time for another podcast, episode number two of the John Sanders podcast. I hope everybody is having an amazing day. So in this episode, I want to recap a few things that I was fortunate enough to uh, participate in over the last week or so. Um, Had a really uh, eventful or jam-packed schedule over the course of the last week or so, and one of the things that stood out to for me was I had the opportunity to attend the Be Different conference in San Diego at the Hard Rock Hotel. It was a really cool uh, venue. They did a, a great job in hosting uh, over 400 uh, real estate professionals from really around the world. I mean, there were some from Canada. I spoke with somebody that was uh, from Miami, a um, few from Las Vegas, most from the Southern California area, but uh, just a, a fantastic event put on by Kyle Whistle and Dan Beers, along with a few others. I mean, the guest list alone was just jam-packed. So we had uh, Tristan Uemata, the uh, creator of Labcoat Agents. He kicked off the event and shared some great content. Uh, We had Zandra Uola um, talking about mindset, a very productive agent in the Southern California area. Sarah Kalki was another. She joined us from Canada and shared some fantastic mindset uh, um, tidbits, if you will. Uh, Laura Berry, who's done over a billion dollars of luxury sales in the uh, uh, Rancho Santa Fe area, shared some information. But uh, there were three that really jumped out to me, um, and and I'd love to share just a little bit about what they shared while on stage. And and the ones that uh, jumped out to me was James Harris, who, you know, I've never watched the show Million Dollar Listing, but uh, this guy was uh, very impressive, and I'll get into that in just a bit. Uh, Another one was a guy by the name of John Glutch, and John, kind of a a unique story in the sense that... uh, he actually lives out on Coronado Island. If you're familiar with the San Diego area, it's an island uh, that you look off to the west and see from downtown San Diego. But uh, his team uh, is uh, is focused on the Phoenix market, and he's one of, if not the top real estate agent in that Phoenix metro market. And he shared some stuff. And, and then uh, the other was a guy by the name of Eric Hatch. And uh, this guy, probably more so than any, just blew my mind uh, because you know he, he, he talked about um, he does about 470 transactions a year. And he does it in a market, or I shouldn't say a market, but in a state that has a population of just over 750,000, and that'd be North Dakota. And then the keynote was John Cheplak. So John is a coach. Um, to many, many of uh, the industry's elite. And this guy's a dynamic guy. He does not hold anything back. He says it just as it is. Um, and, and it was really, really great to hear him speak for the first time. So um, just, again, in, in recapping a couple of notes that I took, you know, it's an amazing event you go to. You, you know it's great whenever you take uh, seven, eight, nine, ten pages of notes. And so Tristan, as I said, kicked it off, and he talked about Facebook groups and how he uh, grew lab code agents into what it is now over a hundred thousand people and i I encourage all of you if you have not heard of lab code agents and you're in the the real estate space uh, in any capacity that you uh, sign up and follow lab code agents Um, but uh, talked a lot about creating a group um, how the reach um, would occur um, just so much about how you brand it how you build a team the content you post and then how you align yourself but uh, he shared some really good 
information. And then, uh, and then not long after Eric Hatch came up um, and, you know, he talked about how he and his team um, generate their business, how they find their clients, right? They talked about past clients. They talked about sphere of influence. They talked about low hanging fruit. And to them, low hanging fruit was essentially anything that costs you money, anything that you pay for, any leads that you pay for um, that you reach out and get. And, and then number three, uh, and, and you hear this time and time again from those that are most successful in the real estate space, uh, but long-term nurtures. So all the things that they are doing to nurture their clients long-term to be in a position that when they decide to make a real estate decision, that Eric Hatch and their team uh, are, are who they're thinking of. So uh, I love a few of the, the, uh, the quotes that, uh, that he shared uh, and one of them I really like, he said, people don't want to be scripted to, they want to be communicated with. And it's not to say that scripting is not uh, important, uh, but it's really to say that they want to be communicated with, they want to be talked to, you can do it in your own way, it doesn't have to be scripted, it's just planned. Um, and then he shared a, a book, uh, I bought it and I've started to read it, I started reading it on uh, on the plane ride back. But he wrote a book and it's called Play for the Person Next to You. A guide to servant leadership. Um, Eric's past life, he was actually a, a youth pastor, and and one takeaway that he did that I thought was so impressive was he called up four volunteers onto stage. Dan Beers being one of them. Um, so he brings four people up onto stage, um, which in and of itself is tough, right? You, we've all been there where some speaker asked for for four. Four volunteers, nobody raises their hand. But anyway, these four guys go up there. And uh, so when they get up there, he says, Eric says, okay, this is what I want you to do. We're, we're all going to do, or, or you four are all going to do a plank for three minutes. And the guys are kind of looking at each other like, are you kidding me? Like, we're we're going to do a plank. We're going to do a plank for three minutes. And uh, so so they all get down on the, on the stage and, and they start planking. And all four did a full plank for three minutes. Now, I couldn't have made it. 45 seconds, let alone three minutes. Um, but the, the concept behind what Eric was trying to prove is that you push yourself a whole lot farther when you have kind of skin in the game, if you will, or when others are watching or when there's a scoreboard, so to speak, um, and you're encouraged by others. And it was this idea of teamwork and, and not letting your, your partner down or letting your coworker down. Um, and he got into a little bit more about why that was so important. And, and it obviously translates over into many different industries. Um, but that uh, that was so powerful. And, and then afterwards, Dan Beers shared how he p- had never done a plank for three hours. So he, I think he said that the longest he had ever done a plank was about two or two minutes. I think I just said hours, but he had never done a plank for two minutes. And, uh, and he pushed himself through for one full additional minute. Uh, because again, people were watching, um, and he was up on stage in front of everybody. So it's amazing what you can do, what you can set your mind to, what you can push through, and what you can achieve uh, when you're doing it for a much bigger cause than than just yourself. The uh, the next guy that uh, talked was John Glutch, and I mentioned him uh, in the intro. John is a guy that lives on Coronado Island, but runs a team in in the Arizona area, um, and and this guy has built an entire business on the wow. He spends over $150,000 a year creating experiences, buying gifts, uh, treating his clients unlike any other agent in the space. 
He's constantly, in fact, he has uh, he has somebody on his team that, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, the title was director of Wow, and it is her job to identify all the different Wow opportunities that are out there to take care of their clients. So if they post on Facebook that you know they're they're attending an event, they would send them a gift, or maybe it was a birthday, they send them a gift, or maybe there's a an unfortunate instance in the family, they send them flowers or they send them cards or they drop off this or they drop off that. And it was over and over and over. And I was just sitting there going, man, this is so powerful. He used an example uh, and I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but he used this example of, you know, say you're, you're a mom and pop restaurant and you have a, a, a couple come into your restaurant. They sit down that you give them a menu. You're, they're ready to be served. And instead of taking great care of them and giving them a wow experience, you're out in front of the restaurant handing out more menus to more people, more menus to more people. And instead of taking the order, giving them the food, giving that wow experience inside, you're constantly trying to give out the menus, so to speak. And, and I found that to be powerful because there's no doubt about it. You need to be prospecting. You need to be identifying ways that you can generate more business. But that being said, there's also people that you have done business with, that you've closed transactions with, that you could be servicing and and, and nurturing and, and loving on them to generate more referral opportunities. Um, he talked about always be listening uh, and, and identifying wow opportunities. But uh, that was just, again, it was just a, an amazing opportunity or amazing thing that he shared um, and that's one thing that I'm going to try to incorporate into my business a little bit more is just having that wow business. Um, and then we got to James Harris, right? So if you watch the million dollar listing, you know, James Harris, um, I unfortunately will have never watched the show, but I'm, I'm going to try to tune in or at the very least set my DVR to record it the next time it's on because, uh, you know, this is a guy that, uh, he shared a story, how he basically got into real estate, uh, in London at the age of 15 and a half, he walked into a real estate office. He talked with somebody and for the next 12 months, all he did was door knock. He says he's been spat on. He's been thrown off of doorsteps. Um, there was nothing that has not happened to, to, to this guy. Uh, and the biggest takeaway for me with him was that he still to this day door knocks. But he door knocks in Beverly Hills and he door knocks homes that are six million dollars. He shared an example of a transaction that he created through he had a buyer looking for something and he literally door knocked a six million dollar home, um, told them uh, all the reasons um, that he had to, to sell their home. He walked away. Two days later, he got a call and ultimately closed that transaction. So uh, I oftentimes am talking with clients about different pillars or different ways to be doing business. And one of those is door knocking, um, not door knocking hundreds and hundreds of homes, but perhaps just door knocking your local community, the the, uh, the community that you live in. And so when he brought this up, I was I was like, wow, that's crazy that a guy so successful has a TV show is doing, you know, what, close to 400 million in, in sales, I think is what he said. He still door knocks from time to time as part of his overall marketing campaign. But more even though than that, he shared this idea of eliminate fear. Um, he said he always gets out in front of fear. It's not that it's not there, but he doesn't let fear dictate anything that he does. And, and he just plows right on through it. And that's one of the primary reasons for his success. He, he talked about uh, the ways that he 
stands out, how he tries to always be different, always take unconventional actions. Just an amazing story from 15 and a half years old in, in London coming out here, creating an opportunity through uh, the million dollar listing. And then finally, John Sheplak, man, this guy was dynamic. He kind of was working the room. He was walking all over the place and he'd get up to in front of me a couple of times and he scared the crap out of me a few times, but uh, just a Awesome, awesome speaker. Shared so many things. It's so high level, but uh, took away some some great nuggets from him. Uh, and I think there, I, I have in my notes here circled, don't be a coward. And he shared this idea of of always pushing through and, and doing things that you wouldn't otherwise do. He says, uh, if you don't, you walk home or uh, drive home and look your wife or look your daughter, in my case, in the eye and tell them, I'm so sorry I didn't achieve my goals today. Your dad's a coward. And I was like, wow, that that was that was crazy. So anyway, that's a brief recap of the Be Different conference. I cannot stress enough, all of you out there, that if you have the opportunity to go next year, 2020, to the Be Different conference put on by Kyle, Beer, uh, Kyle Whistle and Dan Beers, um, I really, truly uh, encourage you to go check it out. Plus, it's an amazing little getaway to San Diego. So after the the be different conference Thursday night. I jumped on a plane. I flew home so that I could wake up the next morning and take my daughter to school and then get a little bit of work done, jump in a car with my buddy Ryan Polium and head right back to LA because the Running Rebels had a road game at UCLA. It was the second Pac-12 team that they played uh, last week, uh, Cal being the first one and uh, Unfortunately, they lost that one by four, should have won that one. But this game was a little bit different. Uh, the Rebels lost 71-54 to UCLA at Poly Pavilion, and uh, they really were never in that game. They did cut the lead to nine points with about 11 and, 11 and a half minutes or so to go. Had the opportunity to get a stop on uh, on defense and could potentially have cut it to seven, but unfortunately uh, gave up an offensive rebound, and then there was a foul, and a couple of free throws were hit, stretched it back up to 11, and then all. there were a couple of bright spots. So Donnie Tillman had 18 points and seven rebounds. I'm pretty confident in that number. Um, showed uh, some really good things on the court. Uh, Bryce Hamilton played 27 minutes off the bench, uh, scored like 10 or 11 points, I think it was, and uh, I think he had four rebounds. Um, but you know that the guys just really looked as though they were kind of overwhelmed by the big stage. Um, and, and speaking of the big stage, I will tell you that it was a treat to be in the newly renovated Poly Pavilion. First of all, UCLA's athletic facilities, I mean, it's, it's not a surprise, right? But UCLA's um, athletic facilities were unbelievable. We walked over from a bar that we were hanging out for the game um, and we walked by uh, the football facility with the practice, uh, you know, practice fields and whatnot. And we walked by the tennis courts, uh, walked by the, the swimming area, walked by intramural courts, and then uh, ultimately into Poly Pavilion. And I mean, it was impressive. I don't know that it can get uh, much better than, uh, than those facilities, but uh what I really liked inside of Poly Pavilion, well, there's a few things. First of all, you uh, you walk in and they have a, an open air 
area to Poly Pavilion, and they have some food trucks parked out, uh, parked outside that you can get some food to. But even more so than that, inside Poly Pavilion, they have a Chick Fil A. Uh, they also have a Jersey uh, Jersey Mike's sandwich shop, so you have your choice of those two. But uh, on on the far side, you walk around, and they have four different glassed areas that uh, are all uh, dedicated to Coach Wooden uh, and and all the things uh, that he contributed. There's so many different knickknacks, so many different uh, um, things to read and to look at. It's, it's almost like going into uh, kind of UCLA Basketball Hall of Fame, if you will. It was just so impressive to, to, to see all that was going on right there. Um, so again, highly encourage you to, if you're a basketball nut like me, to uh, try to make your way to a UCLA game. Um, even if you're not a fan of any of the players playing, it was just a, a really cool treat to, to walk around that space. So the game ended and, uh, and we got a few hours of sleep. We jumped right back in the car Saturday morning and made our way to uh, UNLV football. UNLV football played Saturday at one o'clock and they played Hawaii. Uh, we were hopeful that uh, the Rebels would pull out uh, a victory at home against uh, Hawaii, but unfortunately they did not, which continues the string of UNLV football's season. That puts them, uh, what, two and eight now on the, on the season. And I think we're just uh, counting down the days here as we go for uh, changes are made and it's a great crowd obviously there's a lot of Hawaii folks in the, in the stands but uh, it was uh, it was fun to be out there it was a great weekend of UNLV rebel athletics with the basketball and the football um, and then right after that uh, ended up came on home and uh, my 11 year old daughter was having a slumber party and so I went straight into my room, turned on some uh, some football, and stayed the heck away from all the madness and the, and the chaos that was an 11 year old slumber party. Anyway, that uh, that is it. Uh, I want to wrap this up. Uh, appreciate you listening. Do me a favor if you enjoy listening to this, I'd love for you to give me a five star rating on uh, your your podcast app, whatever you're listening to this. Leave me a review. Subscribe to the podcast. That'd be even great. It means a lot. Uh, does a lot in uh, in the system. Uh, continue to post these out. Got some great guests lined up to join me, and so I do appreciate it. Thanks again for your time.